Hi, this is Matthew Gatosi from the future. Before you jump into this awesome podcast episode, I want you to know that some things have changed around here since this episode was published. This show was called How to Build an Audience, and now it's called How to Market Your D2C Brand. The setup is the same, but we now have more of a focus on who we are talking with and what we are actually talking about. So if you're confused, hopefully that clears it up. Lastly, we also changed our company name from Gutozi Collective to Guto Studios. A lot of rebranding has happened since season one of the podcast, but thanks so much for supporting us as we grow and change. Enjoy this podcast episode, and don't forget to subscribe to the show so you can listen to the new episodes coming out soon. Okay, thanks. Enjoy. When something like a video goes viral, it's not because that one person who created the video talks about their creation. The video goes viral because other people are talking about the video and word of mouth is what made people aware of the video. It is not enough for you to be talking to build an audience. You need help. You need a network of people talking for you and about you if you ever want to grow your audience. My goal with content and personal branding is to just amplify other people talking about me because like I never want to be the person having to like explain who I am. I never want to be, be the person trying to talk about myself because like it's just I mean, granted, I, I do quite a bit now with personal branding and speaking. And that's one thing I've had to kind of had to develop. Um, but I just wanted to amplify what other people are saying, get other people to speak for me, you know, leverage third party type of, you know, individuals. And- Jeremy Ross Miller is a master marketing strategist who understands how to communicate and leverage his network to build his audience. You are listening to How to Build an Audience, the podcast that tells the stories of how some of the top entrepreneurs, marketers, and communicators built a following around their businesses and brands. I am your host, Matthew Gatozzi. Today, I am talking with Jeremy Ross Miller. Jeremy is a 21-year-old marketer, writer, and speaker who has worked on some impressive projects. He launched his own social media agency called Inspired Blue Media that helped personal brands all over the U.S. He co-founded the Started Up Foundation, which is an organization set out to empower and equip high school entrepreneurs and innovators. He has consulted on many projects with organizations like NASA, been featured in publications like Forbes, and speaks regularly at different conferences. Jeremy is currently the VP of Marketing at Connected, which is a lead generation SaaS company. Jeremy is an inspiration to many and overall a very positive person to be around. When you look at what he has accomplished at such a young age, you would think that he grew up excelling at everything since he was born and was always happy. That was not the case for Jeremy, and he opens up about how some of the darkest moments in his life transformed who he is today. To be totally transparent, because it's part of my mission to be transparent. I feel like a lot, a lot of people are like dealing with things, and they need to see other people be transparent, so that they themselves can be transparent, and they can talk openly about it. And that's like the first step to overcoming like the trials and tribulations we go through in life. But um, when I was seven years old, I was sexually abused, and um, you know maybe someone listening to this can relate to that, I and mean, maybe they know someone. Um, but you know, have, being so young and having that happen is was very traumatic, and I really like. Um, I struggled with identity and I was confused with the world and I was angry at the world. Like I had all these like pent up emotions and feelings. I didn't know how to like um, overcome them. I didn't know how to like harness them. Like, I, was, I was so young. I was starting to experience depression, anxiety before I was even 10 years old. And like, um, th- that's just not something like the chemical imbalance like that goes on. That's just not something that someone that young should be experiencing. Well, because I was so young and experienced that, you know, my life just kind of really started to deteriorate in some ways. I started running away from home. I started drinking in early middle school. I got expelled from school from being a bully. Um, actually, a kid that um, I actually beat up was one of my best friends, t- like to this day, like, like we love each other, we're homies, but like I was a really mean, um, awful person back then. Got expelled um, and things were just kind of continually getting worse. Like I was trying to feel this emptiness inside of me. Like that was really what was going on. Like there's a, a lacking of a purpose. There's a lacking of a reason for why I'm on this giant ball of mud. And but these are the questions that I was starting to ask, which being at that such a young age, it's like you, you should be thinking about, you know, getting new toys for your sandbox or like playing with Legos or something, which I did play with Legos and all that kind of stuff. I played Minecraft and whatever. But like, 
I was also dealing with like, why do I exist? What is my purpose here? What kind of things makes me happy? Okay, I'm not happy. So maybe, you know, I he, I see these other people in my life, they drink alcohol, or they smoke cigarettes, and they're on, on, on the surface level, they look happy. So I'm gonna go do that. Well, as you know, probably, you know, whenever you go to those things to try to make yourself feel happy or give yourself fulfillment, um, you know, it never works and you end up being worse off than, you know, after doing that. The Monday after a weekend of partying, so we're starting in like eighth grade kind of freshman year at this point, the Monday after a weekend of partying, um, I was worse off than the Friday before. But during that weekend, I felt that I, like, oh, things were going good. I think I found my people. I think I found my stride. And then after I was even like even more depleted and more drained because like I lied to myself and the world lied to me because this is what I thought was going to make me feel like I can fit in and not feel alienated. You know, I got the alien oh, tattoo. Yep. <laughs> and uh, that was kind of like um, the start of me just kind of searching for like purpose. And so long story short to kind of keep going, um, you know, down the, the trajectory freshman year, I started to really experiment with other things, um, hard drugs, sex, um, really anything that the world could try to offer me or just people could try to offer me to, you know, have happiness or have fulfillment. Like I was trying, like at that point I was kind of really, really searching um, and unfortunately, you know, none of those things actually worked. Um, and come so sophomore year of high school, things just continue to like just continue to get worse. Um, you know, I started to really experience apathy in the world. Like I started to just not care so much. My my search of meaning started to deplete because there just wasn't any hope for me. Like there's a void inside of me, and each time I tried to fill this void in inside my soul, it kept getting bigger and deeper. And that was just really, really hard to like acknowledge. And then when other people in my life would say, oh, Jim, you're fine. You can get through this. Like, I'm like, you have no idea what I'm what I'm experiencing and the, th the evil thoughts are in my brain. And so you trying to give me advice is actually just making things worse. And so it was just like this spot, this snowball effect of spiraling down. And, you know, long story short, again, to be transparent, um, the summer before my sophomore year of high school, I started to cut myself just because that was kind of a, a form of a release. It was a different type of ex expression, but also a little bit of like, um, punishment because I was starting to really hate myself, hate who I was, hate who I was becoming. I was, be I started to feel like I was becoming um, a burden and an issue to the people that, that that I was living with and the people in my life. I was, you know, they would have to hide knives in the house or I'd be on like low forms of suicide watch and all these kind of things. Like I love my family and they're great people and I never wanted to be a burden to them. Like, you know, I kind of acknowledged that like my life was you know, terrible and it, it was a mess. But then when I started to feel like I was making other people's lives better, that, that was when I was like, all right, maybe I need to call this, you know, maybe I need to take a more permanent solution because clearly nothing is, you know, really helped me at this point. And, you know, um, again, not to reiterate, but long story short, um, you know, I, I ended up having an attempt on my life. It was one summer night and I just kind of just need, felt like I needed to take a permanent solution. I tried everything that I thought up to that point. Um, went down to my parents' medicine cabinet in the kitchen and pulled out all the medicines that had the longest names or, you know, did, I did some research as well and filled up my hand and threw it down my throat. And, um, you know, I'm very grateful to say that, you know, whether it's a, a God in the universe or the universe itself, you know, whatever someone you know believes, I, I believe in God, you know, I was survived and I was saved and that there is there is a purpose for me. And long story short, that kind of that now spurred me off into a, you know, an, an expiration kind of season of what is real purpose and how do I really get there, which kind of leads me into entrepreneurship. But there's a whole story there. But yeah, that's kind of that, that's what led me onto this new type of purpose of serving others, which, you know, goes into entrepreneurship. From one of the hardest times in Jeremy's life, he started to get help and put people around him that would lift him up. It was through a mentor that Jeremy started his first company called Void, which sold longboards. Um, I had a, men a mentor that honestly my dad was starting to you know connect me with, and this guy was an entrepreneur. He had a happy family, and I just started you know at that point like I was just starting to ask people about questions and learn about what makes them happy. Learn about because if I was gonna help other people, I needed to learn about where people at and. I got to give my dad credit for having that kind of mindset of just asking people questions, just jumping into conversation, learning about them. And one of these guys who was a local entrepreneur here in my community, Derek Christie, um, I just should have asked him like about, you know, himself and his life. And I learned about this big word called entrepreneurship, which I couldn't spell at that time. And still to this day, I, I mix up the U and the E. I F always mix up the E and the U. <laughs> right, still. right. Dude, it's like, it's such a jumbled word. I think it's a French word, honestly, but um. But yeah, so long story short, you know, he just kind of taught me that entrepreneurship at its core is about serving others. And I was a skateboarder at that time. 
and I was mowing some lawns to collect a little bit of money. And I just wanted to like make a product that I enjoyed and started Boyd Longboards with a buddy of mine named Grant Slater. And yeah, that, that was the start of it. And, you know, although it closed, which there's a whole story, I, I can share many things with Boyd, but to almost like recap that little season of my life, um, although it closed with a deficit, I ended up losing $8,000. I worked at Chick-fil-A, mowed lawns, then we actually sold longboards, um, didn't get any of my parents money or anything. I ended up, you know, losing $8,000. But, you know, I was drawn to entrepreneurship because I saw how much it impacted my life and how much I could impact others. And I had mentors that because I was pretty upset, you know, honestly, like when it failed, I felt like a lot of people down. But I had mentors who were like, buck up, like you're 17 years old at this point, like you can fail for the next eight years and still be ahead. I'm like, okay, that's a good perspective. I want to know how from that, like that space, it gave you the confidence to start uh, Inspired Blue Media, which was like the second venture that you ended up doing, which was more marketing client service business. Yeah, 100%. And like, dude, you have done the research. That's perfect. Um, So yeah, with Void, I really, you know, not only did I learn like, okay, entrepreneurship, this concept of entrepreneurship can be something, can be a vehicle for me to help other people. But I also learned so many other things, just like what you said, marketing, social media, a pretty much how we generated most of the attention for the skateboard company was we had a really dope Instagram. And this was back in like 2015, 2016. So we had like very aesthetic pictures of longboards. We would tag people. We, we would get engagement and like people just re- weren't really doing that back then, especially with like a manufacturing product like that, where we would have local artists or we'll, we would actually do these little competitions where we'd have local artists submit some kind of art piece. And then we would put their art piece on actual longboard. And these are just like cool, like things that, that we were doing. And the fact that we were also very young, cause I'm also very transparent with my lifestyle. Like I'm making content and personal branding, which we'll talk about all that kind of stuff. But people knew that there were some young people behind this company. And so we just developed a lot of relationships with people on social media. And I really learned how, like, I love having conversation with people. Like it energizes me. Like this conversation right here is amazing. But what if I can have a conversation with 5,000 people at once, whether it's speaking on stages or talking on a podcast or social media? Of course, it's not, you know, a true full, full, like true full conversation. Even if we're texting people, it's only like 17% of real communication, but I can still transcend message. I can transcend energy. I can share a story. I can inspire and vice versa. They can, you know, kind of engage backwards. So it just kind of taught me that, Social media is such a great platform in, a, in an area to just develop relationships with people. And if you develop relationships first, you can do anything you want after that. Um, and really, the, the biggest thing that kind of really pushed my confidence and, and drove my you know desire to like, okay, I'm going to start a marketing agency, social media marketing agency after this, because manufacturing company had so many moving parts. And quite honestly, I wouldn't be back in a manufacturing company. I actually have people every now and then ask me like, would you get into a longboard company again? I'm like, I wouldn't be the CEO because it's not fun to be a part of a manufacturing company, especially in today's climate with the supply and everything um, and being in the pandemic world, but I'd be a partner. Um, but a marketing agency is much more scalable. It's about content and social media and services. It's just a lot easier to scale. And so um, long story short, during the, the, the time of launching Void Longboards, I just kind of tested and explored the depths of social media, specifically Twitter. Cause I had read a lot of articles online cause I was, you know, self-learning and wanted to, cause I didn't really have anyone at that time who could teach me like the nuances of social media. It was just kind of pretty fresh back then. And I just learned like that people on social media, they want to share things that are going to make them look cooler, that are going to make them look more informed. They're that, you know, that's how you get people to share stuff. Like we're socially rewarded when we can bring something new to the table, whether it's a retweet or a share or whatever. And so long story short, you know, I had a couple of Twitter accounts, you know, 250,000 followers back then. And we had like over a hundred million impressions on content averaging like 10 to 12 million impressions a month. And primarily it was just me managing these Twitter accounts. I had a bunch of partners who like they had their Twitter accounts and we would do something called like a trade where like I'll trade five of your tweets today. If you, you know, or I'll, I'll trade you, you know, five retweets for, for yours, five retweets for mine type of thing. You know, we would have, you know, like little stuff like that, but just getting stuff to go viral on Twitter. And I realized like, wow, social media can be such a powerful platform to get crazy massive amounts of attention. And if you have the right process and foundation to leverage that attention and translate that attention into something that is meaningful for other people that they pay for or that they receive, whether it's a course or an ebook or a webinar or a book or an essay, like whatever you're, you're building, then you can have a really awesome community of people constantly churning in, but people then churning out, like after they, they get your value, they go build their own community or they go build, like build their own thing. And I want to be leaders, create leaders, you know, what Gerard Adam talks about. And so social media just ended up being a vehicle where I could have all these conversations with people. And so that was like the, the catalyst to me kind of wanting to dive more in social media and marketing with Inspired Blue Media. So you're like, I want to start this. 
I want to want to get in. You start the business. You may open up the bank account. You get the LLC. You're like, all right, Inspire Blue Media. Here we go. How do you get your first clients? Like, I feel like it's so it's so it's like everyone wants to start it. And I love what you're saying just about social media, the power of it, because like 100 percent believe in it. And I think it's amazing what you did at like you were able to just explore in a way that wasn't like you weren't trying to find a certain uh, level of success. You just were exploring ideas, collaborations, and it just happened. And then you took that exploration of what you learned and then started to actually help consult people. But how did you go from, hey, I've got all this knowledge to hire me and actually pay me to do this for for you 100 percent, yeah no for sure and like what you just said is key like you know my goal is just to sow the right seeds because i believe in law of attraction and if you're sowing the right seeds you're going to get the fruit out of it that you want to reap if your intentions are in check and so um you know i had a lot of mentors at that time like i was you know i struggle with ego and in, in some areas that's one of the reasons why i have this he is greater than i tattoo because like you know i just need to like calm down my, myself, you know, and like subscribe to other people's beliefs. But I did have a lot of mentors that I was listening to and collecting feedback. And, and as you start to like increase up in a vertical of skill or knowledge, right, whether it's social media, video editing, podcasting, whatever, you have value to bring. And if you're confident behind that, other people are gonna feel that. So a lot of these mentors that I was getting, I started working for free with, they would give me mentorship, they would provide me direction, they would give me advice for how to build a business, how to start an LLC, because I didn't know how to do any of that kind of stuff. But I would work for them for free. And to me, like, I wasn't trying to make millions of dollars, I wasn't trying to make $1,000. Like I knew that I was young after, you know, the void longboards thing. And I just wanted to take the long term approach. I want to by the time I was 23 or 25, I want to be set, I want to be good. But now I know I need to put in you know, with the work I need to put in, you know, the due diligence, the dues kind of thing. And so I work for free. And, uh, you know, that gave me a lot of experiences to test out my processes, test out my, my approach to doing things, um, test out how, how to measure impact and have these very re- raw feedback conversation with people like, Hey, how can I message that this properly better? Or how can I educate some of these clients better before jumping into an actual, um, you know, before jumping in and charging them $500 a month, or $1,000 a month. And so that was like, you know, the really key thing for me is just like working for free, testing my skills and then having the process behind it. You were talking about before um, this, uh, you know, this interview that you really want to kind of dive into like the fundamentals of on- of audience building. And that's what I wanted to figure out. I just wanted to understand the fundamentals and the processes behind the fundamentals to achieve repeatable results. And I had to, you know, get into the actual work. I had to, you know, one, one of my mentors, his name is Dennis Shu. He's a process called learn, do, teach. And so my goal is eventually to teach and educate at the time. And like, I'm very grateful that that's what I get to do now. But after you learn something, you need to do it. You need to like validate that, you know, it. you need to know what your process, your approach is, then you can teach it. So I wanted to follow that sequential order thing. So I just need to get into action. There's this ongoing debate about should someone work for free or not to get experience. Jeremy brings up a great point that you shouldn't work for free just to get a client. But you should know the value of this experience and test out your theory to find a framework that you can then go out and charge. The important thing to realize, like you have to have like we have to have self-awareness as as professionals, as entrepreneurs, as freelancers. And so we have to self-assess where where we're at. The, the answer working for free is not the same for everyone. Like you got to realize like I was 17, maybe 18 years old at the time. And like I really didn't have much experience and not much to show for. But if a different individual, they let's say they worked for and you know, at a job, at a company, they did social media, then they wanted to leave that company and start their own thing. Of course, that person shouldn't be working for free. But you just have to present yourself in the right way, get your own website, get the right packages, all those kind of things so that you can charge for. But like, you know, the, the whole thing about working for free or not is it's not it there really isn't like a blanket answer. Like there's really not an absolute answer. You have to self assess where you're at. And what are the processes that you have to deliver re- repeatable results? Not just like, okay, I did this thing in the past, or I, I did this thing in, in the past. And I think I can do it again, just because I did it in the past. That doesn't always work. The tactics are constantly changing. The fundamentals, you know, can, you know, can, can waver a little bit, but if you have the if you have documentation of what you did back then and you have process behind it, then 100% you you can operate in that expert niche and you can diagnose where a client is at and deliver the best strategy for them. And so one of my mentors who you know ran a 40 million dollar ad agency and was really you know his name is Dennis Yu. You know some of his clients. So I actually work for his agency. Some of their clients have been Golden State Warriors, Nike, GoDaddy. Um, the first time I met with him was at a workshop at GoDaddy headquarters where he, his company charged. $8,000 tickets for all these high level CMOs and marketing manager of Fortune 500 companies to learn about processes and marketing and advertising and everything else. And so I just kind of really recognize that 
the processes are really what people want to pay for that the systems that you have not just that you can come up with a good idea because inspiration is fleeting like it comes and goes i'm watching a, a master class on creativity right now and an inspiration can come and go it might be like two weeks before it might come back or two days or two months but if you have processes a document the value that you have you own your value and own the you know the like like what your time is worth and then charge for it you know and if you just get the numbers in you'll eventually find the right person who will pay you for the value that you have and the other important thing to recognize about this is sometimes your best clients are going to be your highest paying clients because they're actually taking action on what you're telling them, especially in the, in the, in the consulting niche. If you're doing any type of consulting and you, I know you're smiling because you like, like this is your I, world. I, yeah, if, I feel you. Dude. If you charge low or do it for free, they're not never going to listen to what you're saying, even if you present it in the best package. But if you charge them $500 for an hour of your time, or like I do power hours that are $50 for an hour of my time, you better believe they're going to listen to what I'm going to say because they're they're having to put an investment into it. They're having to put some skin in the game. And like we can, you know, talk about that all day long. But yeah, you know, just to kind of recap that thought, like working for free or not, self-assess first, be self-aware and identify like what's the best option for you. Jeremy is young and he has worked with a lot of influential people and companies. I wanted to know how he has built credibility in his personal brand and audience. Honestly, and this is one thing that I had a mentor taught me was like my goal with content and personal branding is to just amplify other people talking about me because like. I never want to be the person having to like explain who I am. I never want to be, be the person trying to talk about myself because like it's just I mean, granted, I, I do quite a bit now with personal branding and speaking. And that's one thing I've had to kind of had to develop. Um, but I just wanted to amplify what other people are saying, get other people to speak for me, you know, leverage third party type of, you know, individuals. And so really the key for that is building relationships. I have just been so intentional on building so many relationships with, with people adding so much value, doing anything I possibly can. Hey, let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Oh, you want that? Oh, yep. And then actually doing it, right? Then those people are going to refer me. Then those people are going to talk about me. Then those people are going to like, most of my speaking gigs, most of my podcasts, most of my, um, you know, I've been on all these media different things, all, for, like, all, all this kind of stuff. Most of those came from a friend introduction. Most of those, most of my clients, in fact, they were mostly inbound or someone said, hey, you need to talk to this Jeremy guy. He knows about X. He knows about Y. He knows about Z. He can help you with, you know, A, what, you know, whatever it is. And so um, I just always wanted to just encourage other, like the way I, I define momentum is other people talking about you. And so I always wanted to create momentum for my personal brand and for my story. And the way for that, that I do that is content, being top of mind with content, but not just being top of mind, but actually constantly sharing stories and giving value that people can then go talk about, right? So we talk about, you know, word of mouth is like one of the highest form of marketing, which it is like it is 100% true. Word of mouth is the most effective form of marketing. I'm always trying to generate word of mouth marketing for my own self. But people have to have the ingredients to actually talk about you. If all they know, like that, that you like, so for example, some people when they build their personal brands, and these are sometimes the loudest people in personal branding. So then us as other people watching them, it gives us like a bad taste for personal branding. It gives us a, 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 wrong, a wrong frame of view. But some people just have like, featured in Forbes, featured in Success Magazine, featured in Ink Magazine in their bio, and like, that's it. And like, you know, I, I've been on those magazines, but I don't have that anywhere on my bio because like no one really cares about that. What's the story that you have? Like, what's the your unique perspective on how you look at life that is different and that can give me like interesting things to say in conversation? We as a society are socially rewarded in conversation or on social media, like what I was saying, when we have something interesting to bring to the table, whether it's a story, which stories win, or a new perspective, or a value, a golden nugget, et cetera. So like whether it's sharing secrets and just giving out value and sharing the like the actual golden secrets, or just sharing stories, constantly sharing my story, and you sharing stories of other people, that gives other people the necessary ingredients that they need to go talk about me in conversation. And honestly, that's one thing that I'm constantly trying to generate is just, and it sounds kind of weird because it's like I want other people to talk about me, but from a personal branding standpoint, and I've been able to see like the law of attraction work, man, you become a magnet for opportunities. Like I am really bad at sales. Like I just, I, I just don't like it. I, I just don't like the concept of having to sell myself. But the reason why I've been able to get speaking gigs and paid speaking gigs and clients and you know, work for all these brands, everything is not because of my ability to sell is because of my ability to create demand for my time and to create demand for the value that I can bring through other people and through what other people say. And so media, testimonials, interviews, podcasts, all these different things are authority generation pieces of other people edifying who you are. And then I spent, you know, spend ad dollars on that. I shared all over social media. It's like our podcast, you know, dang well that I'm gonna be sharing it all over social media. Um, so yeah, I mean, really, the biggest way that I've tried to create credibility 
is getting is let you know in some way having a relationship with person because you have to have the right intentions some people kind of try to get people to talk about them um and have the wrong intentions like that really exists and i have a tribe of people who keep me in check and keep me accountable with that because sometimes you can get lost in the sauce um but once you get some of those credibility pieces whether it's a podcast or your first interview on, on the news or um you you, you interview this famous uh, you know famous person over one minute or whatever leverage that amplify it put ad dollars on it put it all over your social media because then other people will be like wait jeremy was on a podcast well i have a podcast or i know i have a friend who has a podcast let me go listen to that, that podcast oh that was interesting maybe i should recommend my friend to go talk to my homie jeremy and have him on his podcast boom and then once i get the second one i repeat i you know i have my process before sharing all my podcasts sharing my articles and i take that same process and duplicate it for the next podcast and then over 15 podcasts you know, the momentum really starts to you know create and then people are saying, oh, he's on all these different podcasts. Now there's a fear of missing out that I don't have him on my podcast. Now there's a fear of missing out that I don't interview him on Forbes, et cetera, et cetera. Because uh, I, I have relationships with these people on social media and they're seeing all this content and, you know, it, it can just become, you know, a snowball effect. Jeremy talked about serving people who will then go on to put him on their platform, which in turn builds his audience and credibility. I wanted to know how Jeremy does this practically so that you and I could replicate this for ourselves. I spent some time with Seth Godin in New York City, and one thing that he taught me was every single person in the world, they want to increase their status. They want to increase their status in varying different degrees, whether it's having more popular articles, looking more famous, looking like they have more money, looking like they have their, their life more together, or looking like they're impacting young people, which is going to be my point with mentors. And so if you can learn the status of the person who you're trying to get to, maybe it's a media, in, uh, someone in the media, right? You're trying to get featured on Forbes, you're trying to get on the podcast. Their status is probably they need more clicks in their articles, more attention, et cetera, et cetera, so they, they look good at their editor. Well, a lot of the ways I built relationships with, the, with these people in the media was I straight up asked them. I said, hey, I didn't, I'm in social media marketing. I would love to work for you for free, help you generate some more traffic for your articles, help you think about SEO, help you run Facebook ads to drive more traffic to your article added value to them for you know weeks for sometimes months at a time and that's end up how you know i developed relationship with them and then eventually they're like wait how old are you oh i'm 21 wait so what do you do and then like now like the, the table has changed instead of me going to them saying hey i'm 21 years old i got or i'm 20 years old whatever i got the story like can you please write about me like they're never ever going to do that but if you develop a relationship with them be interested in them, then they're gonna be interested in you first. And so if you can learn the status indicator, whatever that status indicator is for each person, then you can play chess. And that, that's again, why like intentions are so freaking important and you, you're like genuine approach to people and genuinely want other people to be better. Like that goes like like my, you know, my why, like why I'm, yeah, I'm here, like my purpose in life. Because once you start to play chess, you can become a manipulator, you can become a sociopath. Like, all those people are very good at people skills, you know, but if you have good people skills in the good way and in the positive form, then, you know, all the people who you think would you never be able to get to mentor you, um, like Chris Saka, for example, he's, you know, a shark on Shark Tank, multi-billionaire. He's, you know, it wasn't the first investor in Uber. You know, I got to spend some time with him. And so ultimately, all these people who you think who are unreachable, they can actually be so much more reachable than you think, because it's all about maybe Chris Saka's someone on his media team or someone on his team, you can add value to them, develop a relationship with them. And then that person can introduce you to Chris Saka. You know, you just never know how that can manifest in form. But if you have the right intentions and plant the right seeds of developing relationships, you will win. But the goal is not just you win, but you find a mutually beneficial relationship where that person wins and you win because it'll, you know, um, you like uh, just reap many, many fruit in the future. After the break, Jeremy talks about how mentors have helped him build his audience. This show is created by Gatozi Collective. Beyond our weekly podcast, we have a weekly newsletter that comes out every Thursday called The Marketing Memo. We have some marketing tips to help you build your audience, and we curate amazing examples of great content that other brands are producing. It is free, and you can sign up on our website that is linked in our show notes. Now, let's get back to the show. One thing that is consistent in Jeremy's story is mentors. He started into business because of a mentor in his town he was growing up in. And even now in his career, he is still getting with other amazing entrepreneurs and learning from them. I wanted to know how mentors have helped him build his audience. Uh, so going on mentors, since like that, that's, that was kind of like a tie in, man, 
um, every single person who, you know, I see in my life, I just view that they can teach me something, right? Like, you know, one, one of my quotes that I like to say is be a student of the world, not only a student of the classroom. So A, I view in some form or fashion, every single person, my, my mentor, even if they can't teach me like business or skills, they can teach me about their perspective on life. They can teach me about their upbringing and how that's, you know, shaped their perspective. They can share a story to me that can inspire me. So A, when I'm traveling with the world, when I'm, you know, I'm, I'm learning a lot from you during this interview, every single person I'm meeting, I'm trying to take something from them from knowledge. Also, if I can give them something like that's even better, but that's that's a mutually beneficial relationship, but I'm trying to learn from something from everyone. But as far as like actual, you know, mentors where like you have that mentorship that dynamic, um, I just kind of would repeatedly ask you the same thing. Like, hey, I have a habit of reaching out to people who are smarter than me and better than me. Um, would you, you know, if I'm willing to share some of my goals, would you please, you know, spend some time with me and share me, share some tips and tricks, share a little bit of guidance on what are some things I'm doing wrong. But the way I'll start out with is I have a habit of reaching out to people who are smarter and wiser than me. So just in that first, you know, that first sentence, entrepreneurs and people who are successful, they like the word habits. When they see that I have a habit of reaching out to people and, you know, just, developing relationship, they already know, okay, so this person, they have some good habits. But then I say, I edify them. I say, you're smarter than me. You're wiser than me already up, you know, up front. Like I'm not trying to act like I'm some cool hotshot young kid. Like I'm a nobody, but you're someone and I would just love to learn from you. So it's just like a humble approach. And so when I start out from that same point, they might be interested and willing to actually, um, you know, talk with me, but also I'm putting out so much content on social media where they're like, wow, this young person, they're actually doing interesting things. Wow, they're just traveling to this country or they're just traveling to this state or I just saw them with this person. That's really interesting. Maybe I do want to spend some time with them. So again, like that kind of change of dynamic where instead of us pitching to the media and begging them for to write about us, how can we create an environment and a system where they actually beg us to for them to write about us? How, how can we get the mentors to reach out to us and say, hey, I would love to mentor you completely different dynamic paradigm shift, but it's 100% possible. But the key is once you get the mentors, not only doing what you said, but like actually doing what they say, but then show them, show them results, show them how, you know, their knowledge impacts your business. If you can make a one minute video or a blog about it and then edify them and share. So I met this person, we met for coffee. We had a phone call, put their knowledge into a blog and share how their knowledge impact your business. They're going to love the absolute heck out of that because their status indicator is to look like they're adding value to young people. That's the status that they want to increase almost consistently across the board. And so if you create content of what the value that they have and show that you actually did something with it, then like that's like serotonin, you know, releasing like on crazy levels for their brain. And that person is not only going to want to keep mentoring you, but they're going to introduce to you even higher up people because they know that you're like, you're legit. I think just you yourself is very much a handshake kind of guy. Like you get energy from people, which I'm very like, I connect with a lot. How has like the handshaking with people, events, speaking really helped you build your personal brand that's scaled to like online and just people getting to know who you are? First of all, you know, when you're on stage with someone um, or like, which by we, we can be on stage in so many different ways. When you're on a podcast, you're on a stage, on social media, you have your own stage, all the different things. But when you're on like the physical stage in front of an audience, if you have a good message, you can literally create 500 friendships, 1,000 friendships, 2,000 friendships, 25 friendships, however many people are in the audience with them if you can communicate well. Communication is like one of the most valuable and powerful skills that I think we as humans are going to constantly be um, be learning. And like I was actually having a personal branding strategy session with one of my you know CEOs at the company that, that I work for. And you know, one thing that he was talking about was like he knows all these things about operations and systems and automation, but he's like, this isn't relatable to my audience. And one thing that we we're talking about is 80% of the people, they're at that baseline type, type of knowledge. They're not at that level where they're ignorant. They just don't know anything. Then they're not necessarily at that expert level. Like it's a small majority or it's a small minority, small minority. Most people are at that, that kind of baseline knowledge. So if you can take the expert knowledge, bring it down to the baseline understanding where anyone on both sides, the people who, you know, maybe they are truly ignorant on it, they can see, oh, hmm, maybe I can learn that too. If I really start to follow that person, if I start to really read some of the books that they're recommending or read some articles that, that they learn, maybe I can get to that baseline level of thought. Okay, well, then all the baseline people, which is where 80% of the people are at, if you take expert knowledge and bring it down to a relatable way with metaphors and examples and stories, stuff that helps them truly understand, not just like, shoving information down their throat but really helps them understand then they're going to think they're going to have the confidence you're literally giving the confidence in their brand so like wait maybe i can start to get to the expert level because clearly this person is an expert they're on stage that that's instant credibility and they're sharing a good message that has knowledge and value but i'm actually understanding what they're saying i i get the metaphors i i see the visuals that they're saying i get it 
I think I could see myself on stage because that you know that person is um, you know sharing this information in a way that I actually understand. So a when you can, can communicate whatever niche or skill or whatever value that you have, whatever vertical that you're in, if you can communicate that in a relatable way, every single one of those people, not every single one, but a, a lot of those people are going to become raving fans of you because you're not only giving them value, but you're giving them the confidence that they themselves can actually do interesting stuff with this information. And the Seth Godin's of the world who are paid 50k to speak, Den, the Dennis Hughes of the world, my mentor who gets paid 15k to speak, um, you know, um, uh, Tony Robbins has, you know, he sometimes has 100k um, you speak engagement. The reason why these people can be paid such crazy information, even though it's technically in a way, if you take all the information in their keynotes, a lot of it's on the internet. Like literally, it really is. Whether it's in their own blogs or in, in their books, like you can go find it for $25. It's free. But the way they communicate it to make it relatable and energizing and, and just inspiring is like the actual value there. So when you're on stage, when you're on a podcast, when you're on video, when you're talking to someone on a one-to-one -one conversation, if you can have the mindset, okay, how can I communicate something that's relatable, that's inspiring and value at the same time? How can I empower this person to go be their better self, to become the best version of themselves, whether it's their business or personal development or whatever? That is one of the most powerful uh, skills. And then you're going to get asked to speak at more places because people are going to see your ability to communicate. All those people who heard you talk, they're going to probably have, you know, invite you on their own podcast or they're going to go follow you on social media and then they're going to share all your stuff and share your content because it's just great content and that's gonna get more people to see you know your content and one of those people they might have a podcast or a conference or they might have a book that they can interview for so so that's the first thing when it comes to speaking like how to really leverage speaking as a powerful vehicle to build relations with people to build your brand add value impact people have a legacy is just being able to communicate a good message and a good story but then two the way to honestly once you get the first one the way to like reciprocate it and get dozens dozens more is content and i talk about content a lot like like that's just like you know something that, that i love but every single time i have an opportunity to speak even if it's just five people i always ask either someone in the room or the person who invited me out hey can you please get a couple pictures for me can you please get some video for me do you guys have videographers oh that's amazing would you be willing to share the video footage uh like of, of me speaking after it yes of course because i always tell them i'm going to take that content put it into some nice one minute videos some speaker reels put it all over social media, get tens of thousands of impressions and tag them. So then in their minds, whether it's a podcast host or the conference host or whatever, now I'm not only tapping into their budget of del del delivering value, but if I can say, hey, I'm probably gonna get 50,000 impressions on all this content of me speaking at your event or me on your podcast, that's free you know, um, impressions for them. Like, whoa, now Jeremy is actually a distribution tool and he can be like, he can tap into our marketing budget. So actually that's how I can get you know decent speaking prices because I'm not only coming in saying, hey, I'll deliver a great, a, a great message, a great value, here's the cost for that. Oh, but also I'm also gonna do all this stuff on the back end, tag you guys all over social media. I'm gonna run ads, I'm gonna spend a hundred dollars and get tons of people to see it. Here's my speaking price because I'm now tapping into their marketing budget and their speaking budget. And so that's, again, just making yourself as valuable, making yourself in high demand from the value that you can bring to the table. We're all at a table and each person is bringing something new, a new perspective, that, you know, their new skill. Every one of us have a seat at the table, but some of us don't rec get recognized for our seat at the table because we're not bringing anything new to the table. And if you can self-assess and recognize like what makes you an alien, like what makes you unique, you know, embrace your alien, which is like the name of my, a lot of my keynotes. Like that's me the name of my first book. If you can embrace your alien, identify your unique value add and present that in a way that people know that the first, second or third time interacting with you, then the opportunities that are going to come to you, you will be you, you could be overwhelmed, but you will be amazed by the opportunities that come from you when you start to present yourself in that way. Um, and I'm constantly shown, I'm constantly validated by it. You know, I'm constantly validated by it. a lot of my biggest speaking or consulting engagements. I literally was not even having them in my mind. Like, yes, I, I've been having them in my mind to visualize like good speaking opportunities and good consulting gig, but those specific companies never ever would have thought about it. those specific opportunities never would have thought about it. they literally like emailed me or hit me up and said hey we'd love to talk about an opportunity just because it was either through my, my website or it was a relationship with someone and uh but yeah so you know speaking is just a great way to build relations with people and if you can create content on the back end show that content all over um then more people are going to ask you to speak and when you're on the stage it's some of the most highest form of credibility because you know you're on stage and people think that's like impossible for themselves or they think they can never get that which just isn't the case speaking is a lot easier than easier than you might think yes there's a process to it but yeah speaking is just some of the highest ways you can show yourself as a credible individual so once you get that first speaking engagement get that content and then share it all over your social media make your profile picture banner picture all over
I want to understand how your personal brand has helped you more in the business life of things, right? Like obviously your business, your personal brand is scaling because the more speaking engagements, that's great for you. But like how has your personal brand been able to help you with business, whether that be a startup that you're working with or consulting with or a new project that you're having? How have you been able to not only leverage your personal brand to grow, but also using that personal brand to help bring audience people to a new audience, a new product, a new business? Literally, like every single one of my clients that I've gotten, whether it was my advertising agency, Inspirable Media, or my current marketing company, um, Novelty Growth, or my personal consultancy business, every single one of these clients was either a referral or an inbound lead. They literally just hit me up on LinkedIn or hit me up in my, you know, the, the inbox on my website, or they were referred from a friend. Just because, you know, I have something called a topic where we'll, when you create a bunch of pieces of content around two to three main topics and people start to associate you with that specific specific topic, Gary Vaynerchuk, social media, or the Jets, or baseball cards, uh, Tony Robbins, motivation, whatever, Seth Godin, blogging, branding, all these different things, all these people who we are constantly learning from that we want to emulate, there's like two or three main topics that when you think about them, comes to mind. Or when you, vice versa, when you think about those two or three topics, they come to mind. Sometimes when people are talking about social media marketing, Gary Vaynerchuk just sometimes happens to just fall into the conversation just because he's so top of mind within that niche. And so when you're creating lots of content around a specific topic, whether it's Facebook ads, video marketing, whatever, when it comes to the time, and if you're distributing it, right, when it comes to the time where someone who you know, or kind of knows you or kind of is a mutual friend of, you know, one of your friends who know you, when it comes to the time when they have that need, if you're posting co- content uh, consistently and having ads run running for you, and you're top of mind, when they come to that need, they're like, you know what, I read a blog a couple months ago from Jeremy about video marketing. I'm going to hit him up and see if he knows, or I'm going to hit up my friend who knows Jeremy and see if it might be, you know, see if Jeremy might be a good person to reach out to for business. And if I have a good relationship with that person, they're going to say, oh my gosh, yeah, Jeremy, he'll take care of you. He has a good integrity. He knows what he's talking about. Go talk to him. In fact, I'm going to do an email introduction right now for you. But, you know, that's why I'm saying like, you know, content is like the actual seeds that we plant in the garden. Like we want to act as farmers. We want to sow the right seeds so we can reap the right fruit. And so every piece of content, every individual blog, every single, um, video that we put out as a seed that we're planting. Seth Godin, the one of the reasons why he's written dozens of books and has the alt MBA and gets paid $50,000 to speak and all these kind of things. He's written one blog every single day for the last seven years. He's written over two and a half million words just on his blogs, including all the books he's written. Every single one of those blogs is a seed to impact someone or to build a relationship with someone where that person might you know, forward his email, forward his newsletter to someone else. And so that could you know spur some kind of type of like business consulting relationship. So content is just a way to be giving away your secrets and be top of mind. But honestly, like like a specific example, so I was doing consulting for a company um, that was a food and beverage, like kind of market, um, like marketplace, basically like an Uber for um, bartender service, et cetera, here in the city of Indianapolis. And we were meeting with one of our customers. They were a top restaurant management company here in the city of Indianapolis. And long story short, after the meeting, I just spent like 35 minutes just jamming on social media and, and you know, personal branding with the CMO of the company because we talked about it a little bit in this meeting, the sales snapshift. That, that, that was the name of the company I was working for. But he, he just kind of noticed like my perspective and my approach and my energy with getting excited about social media was unique and was kind of like energizing for him so after the meeting he and i just like was chatting a little bit about social media and i just shared as much stuff as i could like i didn't have any type of mindset on oh this person could become a client in some way i was just giving value and so we ended up meeting like two or three times later flash forward almost a year and a half later he uh, so i wasn't working at the snapshot company anymore i just recently stepped down from my nonprofit as vice president marketing because i just kind of want to explore some other things even though i'm so bored there and he reaches out to me for a marketing coordinator position over the entire restaurant management company they have seven different restaurants one of the restaurants is doing 60 million dollars in sales like huge they have a retail product line would have been a huge opportunity granted i told him no um, and i end up saying I still want to work with you guys. So let's let, let's try to find someone else work, and I end up I end up getting hired as a consultant. They end up hiring a marketing coordinator, and then I became a consultant for the marketing coordinator. That ended up being the first time I was paid the most amount of money, but spending the, the less amount of time working with the people who I actually love and seeing the impact that I could have. Never before in my life was I making great money like that, working with good people, not having to work crazy hours. Like I was maybe working like four hours a week, but I was getting paid. Like they were my highest paying like income source. It was a huge brand too. Like St. Elmo's is a world fam- like they have a world famous um, shrimp cocktail sauce. It was a huge brand, so I was able to cred- get credibility. So like it was the best of both worlds every single time. Well, that person 
it was a relationship that I developed from, you know, two years ago, I was playing that long-term game. And so he ended up actually referring me to Joey Chestnut, who is a world famous hot dog eater, who I manage his brand. And I've been able to help us grow his YouTube channel. It's like 150,000 subscribers. And, and that's just like a cool story. So, but that was a referral. And so like, and he came to me. And so not to say like, I'm anyone special, but the reason is I developed a relationship with him at first. I gave my knowledge away. And then I just didn't really have any expectations that something might come out of it. And then a year and a half later, two years later, um, the fruit ends up coming in to get harvested, which was that opportunity, which we end up kind of ma massage a little bit to get to land my first ever like big consulting gig. And now that's pretty much all I do. Like, so that's the, the, the reason why I love personal branding is because sometimes it can bring an opportunity into your world that, that become that, that, that kind of opens up your mind and like a whole new type of field of working before I was doing mostly implementation, right? In marketing and services, there's implementation services and there's consulting services. Um, you know, I, I do it for you. I do it with you kind of thing done for you, done, done for you kind of stuff. I never had a consulting client before this person hit me up for this job and we kind of made it happen. All my, you know, all my work now is consulting. And that was just an opportunity that just manifested through my personal brand. I didn't set out like, all right, I'm going to start consulting because my services, like I literally made it on the spot with this opportunity because of what I was able to attract with my personal brand. So personal branding isn't just all about saying that you've been featured on Forbes, all that kind of stuff. It can actually show you new opportunities and give you like an entirely new way of looking at how you can build a life for yourself, which I think is Really powerful and very few do people talk about that with personal branding. I finish off the podcast with a segment called Open Mic. This is a chance for my guests to share anything they want. A lot of times, I feel like people get stuck behind the industry that they are in, but we are all human and have other interests outside of that. So this is a space for my guests to say whatever they want to say. Man, one thing that, you know, I guess I, I like to talk about, um, one of the things that I just think people kind of get wrong with personal branding is um, you know, people just think it's something that, something that they aren't actually that, that 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 they don't actually like want to be or that they don't actually like feel like they, they want to be like they just see so many people who are building their personal brands and like, i actually don't even like the word personal branding i'm trying to like find new words to to like say what we're talking about just because the, the definitions that people have around personal branding are just kind of flawed and not and it's not their fault it's just because the loudest people in the room who are building their personal brands are you know they're the course boy you know like they're just so like annoying you know they're just spamming and they're all about themselves and it's just like I never want any part of that. But the one thing that I just kind of like to introduce to the conversation is your personal brand is already you like you are your personal brand. The act of building your personal brand is just when you start to take a little bit more intentional effort to just share who you are. And it's not about getting out on stage and getting on the pedestal to preach like I, I am only 21 years old and I can't preach a message. like I'm still learning. I'm still developing my stuff. But if I can just share what I'm already learning documenting my experiences and you know like that's the one thing that Gary Vee does say even though he is like the one person who is like kind of made person branding not interesting to people because I'm trying to find new ways to make person branding interesting and not just entrepreneurs because everyone can build their personal brand um but the one thing that Gary Vee is right about is documentation so instead of you saying all right I have to create this I have to write this blog or write, you know, make this video or make this YouTube video or do this webinar about my expert level knowledge and share all this kind of stuff you're putting so much pressure and so much expect expectation on yourself that you're probably going to have all these fears and then you're never actually going to take that first step. But also that's just kind of really not the goal. The goal really isn't to like step at, you know, in front of the spotlight and just start, you know, spitting out a bunch of knowledge. But if you kind of step back a little bit and assess, okay, what are the things that I have been taught by other people that has really changed my life? And then how can I create content to edify them to give them the credibility and the, the thanks for teaching me these things? Then how can I share how that has changed my life? Because A, that's a humble approach. You're edifying other people. You're not just making it just about you, which so many times in personal branding, people make it all about themselves. And you're never going to win that way because it's not genuine. And no, also, no one wants to like help the, the lone person over there on the island. Like People want to be a part of a community. And if you're just building your, your own island like away from everyone else, unless you're like, no, I mean, that, that, that just isn't sustainable for, for any type of brand, for any type of individual, you know, unless you get a bunch of like your daddy's money and like you're good. All right. You know, to go to your own thing. Like, that's cool. But like, that's not the audience that I'm talking to. But if you want to be part of a community, then you can be sharing the knowledge that, that, that you're learning. You're inviting people into your journey. You're inviting people into your, your self-discovery process. So it's just a different type of you know paradigm shift of looking at personal branding. It's not about making a one minute video and trying to share what kind of knowledge or whatever, like, you know, and you could do that if you want, like you can go read a blog and just regurgitate that information. If that's what you want to go do, like 
everyone's already doing that, you know, like it works. But if you want to be genuine with your approach and develop genuine relationships and have a genuine brand, and honestly, screw the word branding, legacy, right? Like that's what we're actually trying to do. Um, legacy is what we're trying to build. And a personal branding is just a way to ensure that you have a legacy, right? When I don't want to get morbid, but when you die and when people are reading at your obituary and all those kind of things, they're talking about the things you did in your life, the value that you brought to your community, the things you brought to your family. That's all what a personal branding is. It's like what you brought to the world. And so if we can start early by sharing what we're learning, sharing our story, sharing the, like edifying the people who are teaching our things. So if you have a mentor, create content for around what they're teaching you. If you don't have a mentor, go grab a mentor. You know, if you really want to grow and you, te- you know, you, if you want to become the best version of yourself, or if you want to grow your business and help your business become the best version it can be, get a mentor who's three, five, seventeen 17 years out from what, you know, from out where you are and like their life is kind of looking interesting like what you want to you know like what you want to have and what you want to achieve get them as a mentor you know share the whole thing where you have a habit to reach out to people who are smarter than you you know edify them a little bit and then make content about what they teach you because they're going to love that but also that's just easy content one of my favorite pieces of content is interviews whether it's a podcast like this or say i'm meeting someone and i, and I pull up my phone and i say Hey, so I'm with Matthew. He's a good friend of mine. We, we met over Twitter. He's got a great podcast. He's got a great marketing agency. Matthew, what are three tips that you have for young people to build their personal brands? Or what, Matthew, what are three tips that you, that you have for young people to, to become a freelancer, right? So I spent 15 seconds to edify you, 10 seconds to edify you, make you look good. You're energized and motivated. Like, oh, shoot, like this is dope. I'm excited. Because of your excitement, you're going to drop you know, two or three great nugget bomb. Then I'm going to take that one minute video, post on all my social media. I look cool because I'm hanging out with a cool guy named Matthew, but I'm also sharing valuable information, but it's not me just preaching to the quiet. Like, it's not just me preaching to people. Like, I'm edifying someone else and giving them a platform to share their knowledge, which is literally what you just do with your podcast. And so, you know, with personal brand, if we can just remove some of these expectations and pressures and just realize that, like, it's just about sharing who you are, sharing about what you're learning. It's not like... We just make it, I think, much bigger than it needs to be. And that's kind of why I want to be like, all right, can we just find a new name for this? Um, then I think that that can be really valuable. And I've literally been able to see people become the best versions of themselves once they think about their legacy, once they think about their legacy long term, because they actually want to learn. They actually want to develop themselves. They actually want to develop relations with people long term, not just make a bunch of money right now. You know, like some people, they'll they'll pay $10,000 for the, the blue check mark on Instagram. And I haven't offered that multiple different times. I'm like... I would never ever do that because if if my mindset is to get a, uh, is to cheat my way through the system, pay ten thousand dollars to get a check mark right now and not earn it in an organic natural way later on, then my intentions are not in check. And then I'm eventually going to get my Instagram account banned, or I'm going to end up losing my check mark, and people are going to see I'm disingenuous, or I'm going to get that Instagram employee fired. And like those are the wrong type of seeds that you're planting. The law of attraction can work in the negative just as much as it can work in the positive. And so if you have the right intentions, just developing a relationship with people, then you win. And again, to read what I was saying, it's not just you winning, it's other people winning with you, mutually beneficial, mutually, uh, you know, symbiotic relationship. This conversation with Jeremy taught me the importance of using my network and building others up around me so that in turn, they will build me up in my pursuits. You can follow Jeremy on Twitter and read his blog at jeremyrossmiller.com. All the links to find Jeremy will be in the show notes. Thank you, Jeremy, for being on the show. If you like this show, tweet me at Matthew Gatozzi. And if you really love this show, drop a rating on Apple Podcasts or your podcast listening app. A rating helps me build my audience around this show. So thank you in advance. And I will talk to you next week.